podcast universe. Uh, this is Adam Crone, AC Toy Design. Uh, this is the You Like Toys podcast, episode four. I'm podcasting from the porch in Chicago. It is a beautiful, beautiful night, Friday night, uh, Friday the 13th. One of my favorite, definitely my favorite slasher, Jason Voorhees. So I wanted to uh, do kind of like a two-parter here for episode four. Um, And again, I'm on, as the sirens sound, it is not an air raid. I am outside, so be prepared for a little wind maybe and a little siren or dog bark. I'm also sitting here with... My dog is sitting here with me. Baby girl, you all right? All right. Sit down. And, um, and yeah, so Friday the 13th, I wanted to do a two-parter. Part one is Friday the 13th. I'm just going to talk briefly about maybe the franchise as a whole and Jason Voorhees and just its effects on me. Part two is anticipation for tomorrow I'm also gonna there's like a 2.5 and then a part or a 1.5 and then a part two um, tomorrow is Saturday the 14th and if you guys haven't seen the movie Saturday the 14th you gotta check it out it's hilarious it's uh, homage to just uh, cheesy 80s horror um, and I love it and then part two proper is also it's been a while it's been a while since I've done a uh, a Saturday morning, uh, Saturday morning cartoon-inspired episode. Um, just a part of the whole Patreon experience that I want to bring for you guys is <clears throat> not only what I'm doing currently, but what influence influences me from my past, the things that I was into. I'm a I'm an '80s kid. I'm a massive vintage collector. Almost all of what I collect is vintage. Um, and I'm super nostalgic. Um, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that about me. I'm also a massive horror fan, which is why I wanted to talk about Friday the 13th. So, let's get into it. Alright, so to start off... It is Friday the 13th, and um, I'm going to try to get this wrapped up tonight and published for you for tomorrow morning so you can wake up and listen to it. And that will be Saturday the 14th, but whatever. It's, it's all weekend. Anyway, uh, Friday the 13th, the movies as a franchise. Jason Voorhees is by far my favorite slasher. My brother's a Freddy Krueger guy. Um... My buddy Dan, I was hanging out with Death by Toys the other night. He's a, a Leatherface kind of Michael Myers. Um, he's probably more Michael Myers, but I'm not a big Leatherface fan. He is. I love Michael Myers too. I love Freddy. It's great. But Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th franchise is um, a beast. Uh, I, I, my favorite movie of the franchise is 
number three, Friday the 13th Part 3D. It's a 3D movie back when 3D movies in the 80s, you had the two-color blue and red 3D glasses, paper 3D glasses, of which I, I own a pair that are actually from a screening of Friday the 13th 3D from 1982. I'll post a picture of those along with the podcast. Um, it is my favorite of the three, or of the franchise. Number three is my favorite of the franchise because that's the first movie that Jason Voorhees gets his hockey mask. A lot of people don't realize that. They just automatically assume that he had it at the beginning. And not only that, and spoiler alert if you haven't seen any of these movies, but uh, he's not even the killer in the first movie, which is something that I didn't realize. I probably hadn't seen the first movie until I was post-kid, kiddom, um, and into my adult years. Uh, because I don't, I don't, I don't remember watching it as a kid, seeing the mom who was the killer in the first movie, running around killing people, which you don't actually see until the end. But I always just assumed Friday the Thirteenth, Jason with the hockey mask, um, and in number two he's running around with a burlap sack on his head. So, number three, by far my favorite. It all it had all the uh, 3D gags which unfortunately any time I've watched it in the last 10 years has been uh, without the 3D effect, without the 3D glasses. So you can kind of, the curtain is pulled back, so to speak, and you can see how they do the effects. So the ones that I can remember in that 3D movie were um, like a homeless guy holding an eyeball that kind of like uh, pops out of his hand or he dro- maybe he drops it on the ground or something. Um, there's also an eyeball that shoots out of a guy's head and flies towards the screen and you can see the sort of pulse with the spring that it's on as it comes towards you, which makes it, I love that stuff. Um, Jaws 3D had similar stuff, which is another great movie. But, uh, what else? There's the, um, the best, oh, there's the yo-yo gag where the, one of the camp counselor kids or whatever is playing with the yo-yo and the yo-yo goes right into the camera. Um, there's the baseball swing, the kids playing stickball or baseball in the beginning of the movie. And I think one of the ball, the bat, oh, the bat, he's getting, he's warming up and the bat comes towards the camera. It's like the worst use of 3D technology that, um, that they could have picked as far as action in a scene and and why they're using it but the best is when Jason the best use of that 3D effect is later on in the movie after Jason gets his mask from Shelly the the goof the the perm afro goof um, he gets the mask he goes out to the pier and he he's like hiding behind a pole on the dock at the lake and there's a girl in the water who you actually think is going to last a little longer than she actually does. And he's hiding behind the pole, but not really hiding. <laughs> Everybody can see him, she can see him, and he points the, a spear gun at her and fires it. And it's, it's awesome that you see the spear fire out of the, out of the gun, come towards the camera, and then it shoot, lands into her. Um, it's great. I love, I love it. I love that, the gags. And I love that movie. It's iconic for the mask, um, but Friday the 13th as a franchise, uh, 
I've always been drawn to also because of Jason Voorhees. But even though number three is my favorite movie, um, it was the actor Kane Hodder that plays Jason Voorhees in... He's, play, he's played him the most out of any actor, and they've had a different actor play Jason from uh, number one when he's the kid in the lake and he drowns, uh, number two where he's got that more of a hillbilly backwards feel, number three where he finally gets his mask, um, four and five I believe are the uh, Corey Feldman episodes, um, I believe six is the first one that we get Kane Hodder, and it's with the girl with the superpowers, like the mental telepathy, uh, which is a great movie. Action. It's a great action movie. And the reason why I love Kane Hodder so much is because as an actor, this guy was just a thick, muscly brawler. He wasn't very tall necessarily or as tall as some of the other actors, but he just had this, um, he knew how to carry himself. And similar, similarly to the new Chewbacca, Junis Suetamo, he knows that superhero stance. And so if you observe Chewbacca in Force Awakens during the action scenes, when he's sitting down, it's Peter Mayhew. When he's standing up, it's Junis Suetamo. Um, and then also in The Last Jedi, if you observe Chewie's movements and his stances, it's very statuesque and, and posing and superhero stoic poses and that's what Kane Hodder had um, when he was playing Jason which he played him in 6 which was that, 7 was I could be screwing up these numbers but I believe 7 was Jason Takes Manhattan, 8 uh, Jason Goes to Hell I'm probably missing one in here um, and then he also played him in Jason X, where he goes to space, and I can't, I, he did not play him in Freddy vs. Jason. So there's like four movies that Kane Hodder played Jason in, and just the way that he moves, the way he uses his body, the way that he, he turns Jason into this, not just a mindless kill, kill, kill uh, slasher, but like a super villain, like a... I would have loved to see Kane Hodder play, like, Doomsday, the Superman villain. Because um, he knew, he, you know, he was a stuntman. He knew how to stand, how to fall, how to run, how to stalk, um, how to punch and move and fight. And just, it was awesome. So he was the one that, that actor and his portrayal of Jason was really what solidified the series as... Um, a, a step above for me the Freddy the Nightmare on Elm Street series the Halloween series um, and any other those are you know the top three slasher series um, Michael Myers as a character kind of has a similar thing going for him he also had a bunch of guys playing him um, and I love Halloween 1, 2, one and two, it's like one movie. Anyway, um, I love those movies, they're great. Uh, I also love Halloween 3, but he's not, has nothing to do with, with him. Um, even though there is a cameo, I believe, on the TV if you watch closely, or a reference to Michael Myers or something, I forget. But um, 
yeah, so Friday the 13th, that's today, that's tonight. Just wanted to talk for a minute about that. Uh, I seem to always, Friday the 13th, Halloween is my favorite holiday, hands down. And Friday the 13th um, usually sneaks up on me whenever it does roll around once or twice a year or whenever it is. I'm sure there's logic to when it happens. Um, calendar logic, hashtag calendar logic, if that's a thing. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to take a minute and just speak on that. Um, I'm sure there are fans, you guys, more fans out there. Let me know in the comments or on the Patreon. Um, and let's move on. I'm going to move on without cutting, by the way. <laughs> um, because I'm moving on to tomorrow, which is Saturday the 14th. And I'm just going to talk even more briefly about that. Alright, so... Moving on to part 1.5, or um, faux two, or two-ish, um, is I want to talk about uh, Saturday the 14th, the, the movie, which is tomorrow. So we just wrapped up Friday the 13th, tomorrow's Saturday the 14th, and if you guys, I don't know when I, well I do know when I first saw it, I mean I was a kid, I believe I was at my... Either my aunt and uncle, I was at one of my aunt and uncle's houses. I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was my mom's side or my dad's side. But I watched this movie, I found this movie called Saturday the 14th. I think I rented it. Um, my aunt and uncle, I used to stay at their house a lot um, for like a weekend or whatever uh, when I was a kid, and we'd always rent. They'd let me rent horror movies. I saw, man, I saw everything. A lot of Nightmare on Elm Street, because those were the really, like, uh, bloody, disgusting ones. But um, rented this movie Saturday the 14th, because I was like, Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees, what is Saturday the 14th? And I'm telling you guys, right now, um, I'll try to include the, the link that I've watched, or that I usually watch, uh, in this pod, in the write-up for this podcast, because it's on YouTube, um, for free, just like a VHS crappy, uh, crappy quality, which I love watching old 80s cheesy horror movies on YouTube, because the quality is always garbage, and it just reminds me of what it was back in the day, um, even though it looked, looked, you know, bleeding edge to us at the time, so this movie, Saturday the 14th, is like, uh, Universal Monsters homage in the packaging of like the Friday the 13th aesthetic and it's it predates Monster Squad uh, which was what 1987 or 88 but it's got that kitschy kitty feel it's also very disturbing at times but it's definitely not like slasher rated R style um, it's fun. It's a fun movie, but it's it's eerie in its own way. And it's got I forget his name, but the the uh, Pop Pop from Arrested Development. I always forget his name. Um, really young, 
and a couple other faces that you'll recognize in there. Uh, and it's about this family that buys this house, this old creepy haunted house, and it's got like a gateway to hell in the basement or something, and um, creatures keep coming out and sneaking out and like having parties in the kitchen and like trashing the kitchen and, and sneaking around the house and uh, you know there's like old lore in the in the in the small town that it's in where they kind of know they've heard stories about this house and previous owners and stuff like that I think it might have been left to the family from somebody that passed or something but um, it's it's just a fun silly horror movie to put into your library of uh, cheesy 80s B-horror movies. Hey you, baby girl, I know what you're going to do. She was getting ready to bark. Don't do it. But um, but yeah, check it out, especially since tomorrow is Saturday the 14th, or today when you're when you're listening to it, it'll be now, today, time because of time travel. Um, check it out. Give it a whirl. Let me know what you think. Because very few people know about this movie, and even fewer have actually bothered to watch it. Um, but it's one that is definitely stuck in my uh, brain library of horror movies. And it's got a really cool opening credit scene. Um, so with Halloween coming up, I'm going to keep hitting you guys with some of this uh, Halloweeny horror posts just keeping it because it's it's uh i live and breathe it from september all year round i'm 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 doing halloween stuff but definitely september october i'm living and breathing that stuff so i'm gonna i'm gonna actually bust out the halloween decoration decorations uh probably maybe this weekend maybe next weekend I don't, i'm not sure but soon um so anyway saturday the fourth happy saturday the 14th you guys go check it out and we're gonna move on to uh part two go bots Right. So this is, I guess this should technically be uh, part three of this podcast. And it's another marathon. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. See how it shakes out. But um, it had been a while since I've done a, it's been a while since I've done a uh, Saturday morning inspiration post. Uh, Saturday morning cartoons were a staple of the 80s. If you're an 80s kid, it's really sad that maybe there's, Maybe on Saturday morning you can still find cartoons, but that was a, uh, it was just a no-brainer as a kid. It was automatic. It was instilled in the lexicon of kids everywhere in the world in the 80s. It was just a given. Saturday morning, you'd wake up, you'd get your cereal, you'd sit in front of the TV. I think they started at like 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., maybe even earlier. And I remember getting up when I was a kid going into my parents' room and asking if I could, could wake up. I was already awake, but I would say, can I, I'd say, can I be up now? Mom would, mom would roll over and just be like, yeah, get, fuck it up, get out of my face. Out of my face, kid. Um, <laughs> but uh, she wouldn't say that. But anyway, so, so yeah, I'd say get up, watch some cartoons. Um, and there's this constantly revolving... Um, library of 80s kids cartoons that 
I know me per- me personally and a lot of people make confuse and mix up between what was actually on Saturday morning and what was on um, weekdays after school. And in my brain, they're all interchangeable as far as what I was watching and when. It was the 80s. Cartoons ruled the 80s. Toy lines ruled the 80s. Um, So what I wanted to talk about today as a little special bonus treat are the GoBots. Um, A buddy of mine uh, on Instagram, and I forget his handle off the top of my head, but Josh, if you're listening to this, uh, Joshua, um, he posted some GoBots on his account. And I've got a few GoBots in my in my uh, collection of vintage toys, but I definitely don't have the army of GoBots that I had when I was a kid. <clears throat> so I decided to pick four GoBots out of my collection and focus on those for the inspiration today because for the podcast because those guys GoBots. Transformers are amazing. We all love Transformers. GoBots are definitely the lesser appreciated of the two transforming robot franchises. However, GoBots came first. Um, I believe it was 1983. They made it to market first with Tonka and Bandai's GoBots. I don't know. If, um, you know, the Takara in Japan was already making these transforming robots for uh, years before. And Hasbro was working on getting them to the states for to in the form of Transformers, but Bandai and Tonka put together a line of uh, consistently across the board uh, three three inch, three and three quarter inch uh, transforming robots called GoBots, and they're genius. They are sim- simple to transform, simple to simple designs. Um, and what I think what GoBots were able to do that Transformers may not have did to an extent, and what they did do was extremely well, especially in design. But GoBots had a just this huge plethora of um, vehicle modes, and they used a lot of um, non-stylish, not not very popular styles of uh, vehicles so you'd get your um, helicopters and your jets and uh, you know like dump trucks crane trucks like crane brain is a what do you call that truck with a crane on it fire trucks cop cars but they were all very basic in design uh, no bells and whistles really. There were a couple tanks that didn't look really like tanks. There was Jeep, Jeeper Creepers, a Jeep. Um, and he's actually one of my favorites that I don't own. Uh, but the four that I picked to talk about are Pathfinder, Copter, Blaster, and Leader One. And if you don't know, um, of course I'm going to in- include pictures in the, in the post for this. <clears throat> but if you don't know who they are, Copter is obviously the villain um, and had changed into a helicopter. I guess I'll, I'll just talk about him first. The reason I chose him was because I, I remember getting him, buying him myself and opening him. 
getting him from Toys R Us. And I don't know, there's, I have a really good memory for specific things in my collection that I walked, walked physically walked out of the store with. Um, and Copter was one of them. And another thing about Copter was his voice in the cartoon. There was that Challenge of the GoBots cartoon. Copter had this really deep, grumbly, I'm not going to even try to do it, um, voice that stuck with me uh, in my brain. And his, so he's a white and blue helicopter, and he comes with like his uh, two propellers, one of which I'm actually missing. Um, but another thing that, as I'm, ho- I'm actually holding these guys while I'm speaking, and another thing that uh, the GoBots did extremely well and actually better than the Transformers was that um, their robot modes looked almost exactly like they did in the cartoon. The cartoon gave them almost human faces with human lips and human expressions and it almost came off as if the robot's faces had musculature to them as opposed to um, you know, squared off uh, robotic plating. GoBots had, on the cartoon, had rounded features, which the toys definitely don't. But as far as the translation from body build and design in the toys to what they looked like in the cartoon it's pretty much exact and spot on um you know like the villain leader psych hill toy looks exactly like like uh the cartoon with the exception that he doesn't have a, in the cartoon psych hill had a five o'clock shadow i don't know how that how a robot got that but it's, it was an awesome detail but it humanized him a little more the toys are absolutely like holding little robots, um, but but because there was such a direct translation with the GoBots cartoon to the toys, I it made it gave me a little more I don't know like it helped me a, a, like attached bond to them I guess a little more. You look at Transformers like Ironhide and Ratchet that don't resemble the toys don't resemble the cartoon versions hardly at all, except for like the color and maybe they're. Uh, the vans that they turned into, but robot form, no. I don't know what they were thinking with that. But uh, so anyway, that's Copter. He's awesome. He's he's one of my favorites, especially on the villain side. I love Psykill. Everybody loves Psykill, but Copter was one of those that uh, because I remember opening him up. Uh, he's just he's always got a special place with me. Um, the next one I want to talk about is Pathfinder which is like a gray and reddish silver, a gray robot with a gray figure with red and silver highlighting um, that turns into a flat disc-like spaceship. Um, And I didn't realize it until probably last year that Pathfinder was actually a female GoBot. Probably because I don't remember her from the cartoon, she's probably in there, but... um, Pathfinder is another one that means so much to me because I remember as a kid having this toy with me everywhere and the biggest reason was because when it transforms into the spaceship it's flat and it could slip into my pocket and not be like a bulky chunk like Copter was. Copter also had these fragile uh, chromed plastic 
propellers and stuff like that. Um, Pathfinder just transforms into this flat disc, slip it in your pocket, go anywhere, pull it out, play with it, awesome. Um, plus the the face plating, I, I love the uh, the design of the face on, on uh, Pathfinder uh, and the color screen, colors color scheme. Something about gray, red, and silver is a color scheme that will never go bad. You know, it's not tacky. Everything looks like it should be together, those three colors. Um, so she is definitely a highlight piece in my collection. Uh, the last two that I'm going to talk about, and I don't know which order, I think I'm going to go Leader 1 first. So Leader 1 is the F-15 jet. I believe that's the F-15, F-14, I don't know. I'm not a jet guy. Um, he was the leader of the GoBots, Leader 1, little on the nose. Um, he's got that gold visor which is on his eyes, which is amazing. Um, the transform, The jet mode is almost... From what I've heard from jet experts, that it's spot on from what the actual reality is to the design of those jets. Um, the robot form is, I love it, it's so iconic. Leader One was one of the, um, I kept Leader One, I don't know if you guys remember, if you grew up in the 80s and maybe the early 90s, as a kid you'd have these desks that had a top that hinged open like a mouth. You know, or like 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 your desk at school was talking to you. You'd lift the top. There were also the ones that had the open front, or that was at your stomach when you're sitting at the desk. And you slip stuff in, and you have to bend down, bend over to look and see what was in there and pull stuff out. So Leader One was was a one of the toys. I'd always have a handful of toys with me at school that I brought with, and Leader One I always kept with me at school in my desk. He was my buddy, my companion, kept me company. I'd, I'd creep it, like get down low and, and look into my desk and uh, make sure he was there. You know, it just comforted me during those times when you didn't want to be at school, which was most of the time if you're as a kid. But having him there made him made school that much more tolerable, um, and you couldn't wait to get out and get back home to play with the rest of your GoBots. And Leader One was that for me. I also remember Leader One acquiring him in a, a trade, I believe, uh, with another classmate. And I was just so, I freaked out. I was so happy that I ended up getting this, uh, like, top-tier GoBot, the leader of the GoBots in Leader One. Um, so the last one I'm going to talk about is Blaster. And he's the yellow tank with the two chrome silver missiles on top of him. Um, and in his robot mode, he's got that... Well, he's not yellow. It's like a yellow-orange. Um, in the robot mode, he's yellow... That, that orangey yellow with silver and red highlights. And he's just got the most awesome face. It's like this buggy red visor with the um, sort of Optimus Prime mouthpiece. And uh, this was my first transforming robot ever blaster and I remember getting him at my grandmother's house in uh, Wheaton, Illinois awesome house they, they don't live there anymore but um, we'd go there when we go to visit she always had a stockpile of toys in her closet 
that she would buy throughout the week or month or the time in between our visits. Um, and when we got to her house, the first thing we, we did, we wanted to do, and we'd always ask is if, uh, is if we could go to the closet and pick something out, my brother and sister and I. Actually, it was just my, my brother and I at the time. My sister was too young. But uh, she would say, yeah, you know, get it going up. And we'd go in there and go through a closet. And um, I remember it was on Christmas that... Like we came over to her, we came over to Christmas, we came over to their house for Christmas as we normally did. Um, and for some reason, this Christmas was particularly more energetic. Uh, there was a vibe, there was like a buzz to it for some reason. And it was for me, it was because of all the toy lines that were sort of unfolding before my eyes in the catalogs and in my our visits to Toys R Us and. Um, early 80s 1983 with GoBots you had He-Man was you know just conquering mastering the universe um Return of the Jedi was all the Kenner Star Wars stuff was was hot I remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the theater so anyway we get to my grandmother's house and it was because it was Christmas it was like I wanted to go to the closet and see what was in there, but I couldn't because it was Christmas. So I had to wait until it was time to open Christmas presents. And my grandmother, I remember um, her like presenting me with this present and I opened it at the living room, in the living room at the coffee table and it was Blaster, um, this GoBot. And my I just my mind was blown it was my first I knew about transforming robots I knew about gobots I knew about the concept and there were plenty of like bootleg cheap plastic stuff you could get out of the quarter machines and stuff like that and my friends um, had a few and uh, even though I had my parents got me almost everything that I could that I wanted as far as toys went I was kind of always last to get them because it wouldn't be until I saw somebody else with them I'd say oh, now I want that I want that I want that and, and that makes me sound spoiled and in a lot of ways I was uh, I was very fortunate and lucky but especially with my cousins I had an older cousin who was probably I guess he's about four or five years older than me and then I had a cousin who's his brother who's my age so between the two of them they had everything it seemed like before it even came out so I get this blaster and I'm just playing with it going to town and I just remember it being it was like enough you know it was so satisfying it was what I wanted um, it started the whole robot craze in my brain for me um, and you know I, I am I'll always tell people that I am the most and I've said it before that I'm the most nostalgic person you'll ever meet. I'll never forget getting this guy. Um, and as my other Instagram account, account infers uh, directly, mom gave them away. She did. Eventually she gave all our stuff away when we moved from, uh, from uh, the suburbs of Illinois, of Chicago, to North Carolina. Everything was gone by the time we got to North Carolina. 
So reclaiming this guy into my collection was a, was a highlight. Um, and I'll, I'll hold on to this guy for life. So anyway, thanks for letting me ramble on that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and I would love one thing I've noticed, um, over the last few years of being part of that eighties community, my mom gave them away. And even in AC, what was AC custom figures and is now AC toy design. Um, the appreciation of GoBots is steadily rising and starting to see more people, um, displaying their collections and giving, giving uh, GoBots their credit. Hopefully we'll see something uh, come around with them done right as far as maybe TVs, cartoons, or movies. But uh, I would love for new generations to know how awesome GoBots were and that they were first and unfortunately are now in the shadow of Transformers. So anyway, uh, go get some GoBots. Let me know in the comments below. I would love to know your favorites because there are GoBots out there that sometimes I see pictures. Um, and Machine Robo was the uh, previous moniker for the line of GoBots, the line that became GoBots. Um, and there's some designs out there that I've never seen before. So I'd love to see your your collections of GoBots. Post them on the, uh, if you're a Patreon member, post them on the uh, community wall tab. I'd love to see them. Alright, so in closing, man, what a, I, feel, I have a feeling this is going to be a long, another long one. Um, if you guys made it through with this hodgepodge of 80s nostalgia, um, slashers and robots, is there a robot, yeah, there's a robot slasher, I made one, Killed the Killbot from uh, Chopping Mall, man, if there's any others, let me know that you think of, um, so yeah, thanks for listening to You Like Toys, episode four, podcasting from the porch. Um, if you are a Patreon member, thank you very much. I uh, love you guys. You guys are an inspiration for me. Um, leave your comments. Let me know what you want to see more of. Let me know what you, you want me to shut up about. <laughs> I know I tend to ramble on these podcasts. If you are not a Patreon member and you like... Uh, custom action figures if you like toy design uh, getting your own custom figures from me made uh, resin figures uh, behind the scenes tutorials uh, videos unboxings concept design character design it's all on the patreon if you're in a position to help check it out at patreon.com backslash adam crone i'll have the the links are all everywhere. You can just uh, look for Adam Crone. Look for AC Toy Design. And with that, I will see you in the future. Thanks, guys. <laughs>